Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, we're going to continue the series that we've been doing on how we got into real estate and some of our early deals. And the reason why I've been doing this, I just really wanted to inspire everybody. You know, there's nothing special about me or Kara or anything else We didn't know what we didn't know. We just knew we wanted something. What did we really want? We didn't want to be 65 years old and still trying to figure out how to retire. So what we really wanted was passive income. So we decided two income producing properties a year for 10 years. That was our goal. And then, you know, why did we want it? Again, just so we're not 65, 70 years old, still working. What are you going to do to get it? Two income producing properties a year for 10 years. And the real reason why I wanted to do this little series, not to brag any of that, but we just set our intentions and we opened our mindset and we just started moving and deals just started coming. And then the other thing, you know, a lot of people say, well, it takes money to make money. And yes, it gets easier and easier if you have money to make more money because you're compounding that money. And so, yeah, it moves faster, it grows faster. But the reality is it doesn't take money to make money. It takes intention. It takes purpose. It takes desire. It takes focus. And then there's the three Ds that we're constantly talking about, death, divorce, and don't want them. Today's going to be a really interesting um, story because not only did we buy a building, but we also simultaneously bought a business, all with seller financing. And the reason why I think this is so interesting, it was definitely a case of didn't want them. It was definitely a case of divorce. Nobody died. They're still alive. But the owner was also sick. And so even though it wasn't death, it kind of ties into that web. And so when you find a situation where owner doesn't want it, there's a divorce going on, there's a death in the family, or you know, there's some sort of sickness, there's potential opportunity for all parties. And again, I want to make sure that I'm very clear on this. We never need to feel guilty about sol- solving somebody else's problem. This was a complete win-win. So here's the backstory. So my first company was a plumbing and heating company. And through uh, various customers and clients, we're constantly getting pushed toward general contracting. We would go in and replace a bathtub and the customer would be like, well, who's going to fix my sheetrock? Who's going to do the flooring? Who's going to do the cabinetry? Sorry, we don't do any of that. A lot of our customers, one of the things that we were known for, you know, I always said in business, I wanted to answer the phone, set the appointment, be the first to show up, give the customer an estimate and get the job done before our competitors even answered the phone or called back. Because a lot of times service businesses don't even answer their phone. And even when they do schedule the appointment, a lot of times they don't show up when they say they're going to. And so that was always my goal. And through that process, customers would push us to get into general contracting. And so I hired a friend of mine who was a plumber, but he was a general contractor by trade. He had done general contracting with his dad for 30 years. And then when his dad passed away, he decided to go do something else and became a plumber. So I hired my friend, his name was Orion, and we started working together. He came on as a plumber. But then as we started getting pushed into this general contracting phase, and we had some large industrial clients too that were pushing us toward general contracting. We had these maintenance agreements and We would move walls and they'd want us to put in doors and et cetera, et cetera. So long story short, Orion went and got general contractor's license for our company. We became a general contractor. Well, through this process, we had done a lot of work for a kitchen and bath remodeling company called Elko Cabinet, where they did custom kitchens. They did custom cabinetry. They did commercial cabinetry. Did a lot of work with this guy over the years. Had gotten to know him really well. We were He was one of our best clients. I walk into his office one day he had a job that he wanted me to look at as a, on the plumbing side. And I walk in one day and he said, Hey, I really see your advertising. 
you're really stepping it up on the remodel side. You've got your contractor's license. He's like, why don't you buy me out? And I'm like, seriously? And he's like, yeah, I'm tired. And, and he was tired. He'd been at it for a long time, built a great relationship. I think he was in business for 33 years, I believe, when we bought the business from him. Can't remember exact the timeline, but so he was serious as could be. And I said, well, I, let's talk about it. And so he said, well, let me get with my, let me get with my accountant and I'll get back to you. So he comes back, puts a deal together. Basically, it was $800,000 for the building. So a little backstory, he had a commercial building that he had built in 1984. So he had the commercial building and the business. So he comes back with this deal and he said, I'll sell the building to you for 800,000 and the business for 400,000. I'm like, great, nice building, brick building, solid. Interestingly enough, this was 2012 and he had an appraisal that he was working off of from, I want to say 2004. So, you know, it was an eight, nine-year-old appraisal that he was working off of. And so seemed like a good deal. That appraisal was 680,000, I think. And he was asking 800 for the building. So seemed like a pretty good deal. Then the business was 400,000. And I said, well, Don, I don't have a lot of cash. And he said, well, listen, just give me 10% down on both of them. We'll put it into two separate notes and I'll carry the note at five and a quarter interest. Sorry, I had to think back. Five and a quarter interest. And I said, okay, that sounds like a good deal. Let me go run some analysis. Well, I come back and I said, listen, Don, this seems a little high. I'll do 1.1 million for both. So 700,000 on the building, 400,000 on the business. He said, great, 10% down. Then as we started talking through it more, I started realizing, you know, his business had gone down quite a bit over the previous years as we started doing the due diligence on the business. The building was a home run, but the business was going to take some capital and investment. And he had a lot of inventory and equipment that was outdated. And you know how business as business owners, we, we carry all this inventory on our books and a lot of it's not usable. And so I come back to him and I said, Don, listen, in order to really get this business where it needs to go, I'm going to have to put $150,000 into the business. I don't know that I can really afford the 10% down. And he said, well, here's what we'll do. I'll carry the down payment in a separate note and we'll focus on that first. And so you pay down the down payment at a higher payment. I think it was $8,000 a month. You pay down the $110,000 down payment, $8,000 a month, We'll do no interest on that. And then as soon as that down payment's paid off, then we'll switch to the main loan. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like it. I think we can make that work, Don. And again, here's the thing. We sometimes don't understand that that was a win-win. This guy wanted out of this so bad. Number one, he was in the middle of a divorce. So his wife is obviously entitled to half of what they built together, which there's not a lot of cash flow in just a business. And so as the divorce is putting pressure on him, he's also had MS at that point in time. And so he was really literally getting tired. You could see it in his business financials too, because it had gone from $900,000 a year to $600,000 to four eighty. dollars So still had a lot of upside potential and opportunity, but you could really see that it was going downhill. This is the other thing that I want to point out. He had tried listing his business. This was one of our negotiation tactics. When it came down to it, Don wanted to sell, but his wife, his ex-wife, there was some resistance there. And the thing that really benefited us, they had tried to sell it through a broker out of Salt Lake. And they had a couple larger businesses that were interested. But as they had gone through the process, financial review, all the due diligence... And this is an interesting statistic that we all need to pay attention to. Because as you can tell from this story, not only is real estate an opportunity for seller financing, businesses are an opportunity for seller financing. Almost 80% of all businesses never actually sell. The owner just closes the doors. Because as was the case with this... They don't want to fight. They don't want to battle. They think it's going to be a nine-month, 12-month, 18-month process. And sometimes it is. I went through a six or seven-month process with a company that was doing $8 billion a year in revenue that wanted to buy a percentage of our company. Seven, eight months of due diligence and all this stuff. And then we get down to the final hour, final day, and we're like a million dollars apart on this deal. And so it's frustrating. It drains you. It wears you out. 
So anyway, my point is a big percentage of businesses, almost 80% of businesses never actually sell. The owner just shuts it down. So there's opportunity in real estate, as I've proven to you and I've shared with you. These are real life stories of just little things we did and hopefully they're encouraging you. But there is an opportunity to buy businesses as well on seller carry because almost 80% of businesses just shut their doors. So it's you marrying your skill set, opportunity, things you want with the same thing. What does that seller want? What do they really want? Why do they want it? What are they going to do to get it? Well, maybe they just want out and maybe they're going to carry the note for you in order to get out, whether it's real estate, whether it's business. So long story short on that deal, um, it worked out great. We still own that commercial building today. It cash flows about $100,000 a year. There were some really interesting creative things that we did in that deal which I'm not going to really get into here. But if you're interested, just you know, shoot me an email at team at investingforfreedom.co and um, we can you know, talk more about it. Just put in the subject line, hey, I want to have a phone call and talk more about your creative financing. But anyway, the thing I really want to point out here, as I've said all along, there's just opportunity left and right. And sometimes what somebody else don't want, doesn't want, the don't want them's, is a great opportunity for you. This day and age that we live in right now, it is July of 2020. And with COVID and everything that's going on, I want to throw out to you guys, I think that the opportunity, there's still going to be opportunity in real estate, but I think the larger opportunity is going to be in buying businesses. So switch your mindset, start thinking about that. Here's an opportunity that I've shared with you about how we got into a business, no money down, seller financing. So it is possible. And there is shifts and cycles as we've talked about in business. And I think this is one of those cycles where it makes more sense to buy an existing customer list as long as the deal's right than it does starting from scratch. So And as you can see with seller financing, sometimes they just want out. And right now, I think there's a lot of businesses that are probably tired and struggling and you could just be the answer to their problem. Same goes for real estate. Have a great week. If you found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom. You've been listening to the Investing for Freedom podcast with Mike Ayala. For show notes and links mentioned in this episode, go to investingforfreedom.co.